Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you live here as we begin week two of the NFL season. If you want to be on the air with us, call in now, 646-668-8837, or hit us up on Twitter at AFC West Show. Once again, this is week two on September the 16th of 2015. I'm joined by the co-host of the AFC West Show, Daryl. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, it's not so hot here in San Diego, uh, was it rainy the last couple of days or last day or so, but it's sunny today and cooler, and I think I almost feel fall in the air. So that must mean more football is on the way. You know, we do have week two coming up, and uh, the cool weather has been a nice reprieve. Uh, I do hear that there's good news for the uh, for the uh, San Diegans, but uh, the team is flying to Cincinnati because it's supposed to be pushing the 90s again this coming weekend, but uh, they will be on the East Coast where hopefully it'll be a little cooler for them. But that being said, you know, we had some exciting games this past week, and I think that uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about them a little bit. So let's start off with our early morning game that kicked off the, uh, the day's events last Sunday. And that featured the Kansas City Chiefs uh, against the Texans from Houston. The Chiefs started out big with the uh, first uh, pass of Hoyer being intercepted. And from there, they were able to build a, a large lead going into halftime with a 27-9 to lead. Final score, 27-20. to in this game, Alex Smith answered some of the questions we've been talking about with three touchdowns, uh, 22 of 33 for 243 yards, and tight end Travis Kelce was on the receiving end of two of those touchdowns. Yeah, he was running, <clears throat> excuse me, running free, and <clears throat> the rushing game certainly is a threat, and so it's hard to cover a tight end like that. He can sneak out and. And like you said, he just had a monster game. I'll tell you, on Thursday night, everybody saw Gronk go off, and then Kels did his own uh, version of Gronk in Kansas City. And I know the Chiefs fans had to be really happy about that. It seemed like they kind of cruised early on and then kind of put the offense away and said, hey, you know, we're just going to go ahead. We've done enough, and we'll just play out the rest of this game, maybe keep a few things from Denver and – save ourselves for that game. So I'm not sure if that's exactly what they were thinking, but it kind of looked that way. And, and we'll talk more about that matchup later on, but man, they went down there. And I know I had them as uh, the Kansas city chiefs as being a slight favorite. Um, <clears throat> I thought that they, it was going to be by two points or so, but they did more than that. And early on in the game, it, it looked like they could have just destroyed the uh, 
Texans, and the Texans just really have a problem at quarterback. And so I know this is the AFC West show. We won't discuss that too much, but it just sure looks like Hoyer struggled and and regressed in some ways. Well, you know, interestingly enough, uh, that that's not too difficult to do when you uh, have five sacks. Uh, this uh, Kansas City defense really stepped up five sacks, five uh tackles for losses as well. Uh, all in all, just a big team effort uh, uh, on this uh, this Kansas City team. Uh, they're looking formidable. They're looking fierce, and we'll talk about them a little later. But, uh, you know, an impressive way to open up the, uh, open up the season, a big home victory for them, uh, setting them up for, for a good season to come. Yeah, and I got to give you kudos there. You had uh, Kansas City by five points, and you were only off by two. So if you had placed a bet on that, you would have won. Congratulations. Well, you, you know, I can't take too much credit because moving on from there, we have Detroit at San Diego on the field at game time, 110 degrees in lovely San Diego, very reminiscent of that uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, game against San Diego last year where it was 110, 120 on the field. In this game, you know, uh, Detroit jumped out to a big lead, 21-3 to at one point. Things were really going the, uh, the Detroit Lions way. However, uh, San Diego Chargers came back and outscored the, the Detroit Lions 23-7 to in the second half. With that, Phillip Rivers, two touchdowns, 404 yards. Keenan Allen was the uh, big recipient of, of that uh, with 166 yards receiving. Yeah, you know, you talk about a tale of two halves. It was certainly that in the game. And watching the first half of the game, I thought I was wrong uh, because I had said that San Diego would win that game. I, I gave them a nod of, of a point because I knew Detroit was good, but I, I knew their defense had kind of fallen off and they were looking to see what it was. Um, Man, Abdullah was just all over the field and breaking free every time he touched the ball in the first half. In the second half, totally different. It was really hard for San Diego to get the ball to Calvin Johnson. Uh, you know, the Phillip Rivers interception at the end of the half, while they were in the red zone, seemed devastating. It almost seemed to be that this was done and uh, going to be another just bad start and that the fans were really up in arms here and then as the second half got started and and Woodhead moved the ball and Melvin Ingram continued to push through uh, uh Keenan Allen <clears throat> also contributed mightily to that I believe he had 15 catches on the day and it came down to the end where San Diego ended up winning that game uh what was it 33-28 so um it was uh, – and, and that 28 was late at, at the end of the game where Detroit ended up putting another uh, score on the board. So I'll tell you, uh, kudos to San Diego. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the pieces and how they're performing, but it was really two different halves. And uh, if you had turned on the second half, you would have thought that San Diego was winning the whole game. And if you turned on the first half, you would have thought that Detroit was going to blow them out. So really an interesting game. You know, I, I think it was one uh, item to note, and we'll talk about uh, offense and defense a little later in the show, but uh, Kelvin Johnson, you know, targeted uh, four times with two receptions, 
40 yards total. And uh, Amir Abdullah running, you know, you talked about how he looked strong. He ended up on the day with uh, 50 yards, but uh, one of those uh, rushes that he had was for 24 yards. So after that, they really were able to slow him down. He averaged 7.1 yards per carry, but uh, but uh, overall, you know, the defense was able to uh, tighten it up, as we said, in the second half. Really a tale of two halves and uh, a very exciting uh, game if you were a Charger fan. A lot of uh, ups and uh, and uh, downs in the game, but uh, came out the way you would want. So, yeah, the, uh, yeah, and it takes a lot of sting out of that idea of moving and and delays any uh, action about that. So, uh, that is a, a big thing for San Diego. Both definitely, that is great news for the team in San Diego. As uh, it's been reported now that uh, that uh, there are very few uh, single big game tickets available for the Green Bay game and the Denver game. So it's been a big boost for the team uh, trying to sell tickets as well. Looking though at the Bengals and the Raiders, this was a uh, late starting game in the afternoon. A one twenty five start on the West Coast for. 25 on the east you know i believe you would call this game as a four-point cincinnati victory we ended up with a 33 to 13 drubbing uh actually shut out 33 to nothing at one point the raiders were able to scramble and get 13 points in the fourth quarter yeah they were and and David uh, David Carr went out of that game. McGoin had so little time to throw the ball. It, the The offensive line really struggled for him, and uh, Cincinnati was just all over that from the start. And so, not not a close game at all. I, I was a little surprised that Oakland didn't come out a little little more. Uh, uh, stand up a little taller in that game. I don't know what's going to happen, and, and that's going to be really what the season tells us, and maybe the first four or six weeks will let us know for sure, but not the way you want to open at home. I know that Cincinnati should have beat them. They're a better team, but with Jack Del Rio and some of the revamp pieces and hoping that that uh, Amari Cooper could help and uh, David Carr had matured, there was a lot more hope, but man, I didn't see much of anything good um, overall offensively, at least for, for, for uh, Oakland. There were a couple things on defense that looked good. And, and uh, I think that uh, maybe they can capitalize on those. The defensive line particularly had some stellar moments, Justin Tuck and Dan Williams, the nose tackle, really played well in that game and were dominating, especially Dan Williams moving the center back off the ball as if he was on roller skates several times in the game. So that could be something that's helpful. But, you know, you've got to put together a full defensive game plan and you've got to find some offense there to to compete. And that wasn't the case on Sunday. Well, and it certainly doesn't help. As you said, uh, Derek Carr, ended up leaving the game. But at the same time, uh, before he left, his QBR was 34.3. Uh, Matt McGowan didn't help the effort, ending up with a uh, whopping 29.8. So, uh, you know, in, in those regards, they just uh, really didn't uh, do much there for the, the QBR. Overall rating had an 85.7 for the quarterbacks. So uh, definitely some issues to work out. We'll talk about the Raiders in the – 
uh, segment, moving on to the Broncos at home against the Baltimore Ravens. This turned into a defensive slugfest uh, in this game. We did not have a uh, a touchdown by the Broncos. There were uh, no touchdowns uh, offensively, actually, by either team in this game. 19-13 to 13 was the final. A big uh, interception return by by uh, Tlaib. And other than that, uh, this marked the second time in, in the last uh, five or six games of regular season games that Peyton Manning has been held without a touchdown. Yeah, it really was a defensive, uh, a defensive showdown. And, and I know that Denver's struggling to figure with Peyton to figure out that offense and get going. But you're right, the defense was dominant, and, and they, they showed it. Um, there was an interception, two, two pick sixes, one for each team, and both of them were very meaningful. Denver ended up with a late drive that they were able to kick a field goal and, and kind of at least uh, not put it out of reach but make um, Baltimore score a touchdown, and they did intercept in the end zone. So it was, it was really uh, up in the air. If, they, if uh, Baltimore could have found a way to get it into the end zone for that offensive touchdown, the only of the game, if it had happened, they would have won the game. So, um, yeah, uh, it's a win, undefeated. But I, I think I had Denver by six, and it seems that was right. And you had Denver winning too. So, overall, a pretty good day. We picked the winners except for one there, Darren. Uh, let's move on to what's going on this week with the Raiders injuries, updates, what's going on with the Raiders? Well, you know, let's start off with a couple items from the uh, last game. We've talked about Derek Carr, his injured uh, injury that caused him to leave the game was the bruised hand and uh, on the throwing hand. Good news from the MRI results. Uh, it's looking good. He did return to practice. He's been throwing. He is expected to start uh, most likely in the upcoming game this weekend, so that's great news. Meanwhile, Amari Cooper, who... Uh, who we were watching as the rookie, uh, he got a great welcome to the NFL with Pac-Man Jones uh, pulling his helmet off and then uh, proceeding to slam his head into his helmet. Pac-Man was fined 35000 for it. Uh, Amari Cooper, welcome to the NFL. You know, how, how did they look when it came to the rating numbers for their offense and defense? Well, before we do that, I'm glad to see there was a fine there. I really think that should have been a game for Pac-Man Jones. There's just no, there's no need for that. There's, and as a matter of fact, until the outcry was raised, it didn't look like anything was going to happen. So uh, I just, in this day and age in the NFL, we're long past the um, clothesline tackles and, and ripping heads off and stuff. And that's just unnecessary. So, Pac-Man Jones has a history of doing stupid things and being a player that's out of control or as a person out of control, and I'm glad to see that happen. You know, looking, I said there was some some, uh, good news, and as we looked at that defense, certainly they didn't show it overall. They're a bottom three defense in the NFL after the first week. Again, they got lit up, but their defensive line played pretty well. Despite playing poorly on offense, you know, they're middle of the pack. They're right around that 13 to 16 area. And um, maybe that's just because it's early in the season and there were several offenses that didn't play well. But there's hope there that they, they're not out of it. They're not in the bottom in all their categories. And I think they have a chance. You know, 
Speaking of that defense, though, Charles Woodson dislocated his shoulder. He wants to return. I don't know what time frame is on that, but um, he's probably his last season. Uh, what is he, 39, Darren? Uh, you know, he is uh, one of the oldest players that there is. That is correct. So we'll see what that time frame is and whether he can. His knowledge is very, very helpful. Um, and, and he still is playing solidly, but he's certainly not the same uh, Charles Woodson that we remember from early in his career. What ha- uh, There was an injury to uh, Nate Allen. Um, I believe he's on IR. What's, what's the uh, latest on him? Well, Nate Allen in the secondary there, the safety out of uh, Oakland, he uh, went out and was placed on uh, – IR uh, with the uh, expectation to return. So good news for for the Oakland Raiders. As we mentioned, they're already thin on the. Uh, they're already very thin when it comes to the um, when it comes to the secondary. So that is something that uh, they do expect him to, to come back. He didn't uh, tear the ACL. It was determined uh, they did not give the exact nature of the. The, the knee issue, but it was not a torn ACL, so he is eligible to return in week 10 to hopefully bolster up that uh, defense. So it should be uh, uh, at a good time for the Raiders with the way the injuries are for them and the thinness of their secondary right now. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs, and there's a big game coming up tomorrow, Chiefs versus the Broncos in Arrow- at Arrowhead Stadium. What is the latest with the Chiefs? Well, you know, Kansas City, uh, who really moved up with their power rankings uh, this week, one of the issues, though, that they uh, they have is Eric Fisher is being called a, a quitter, someone that kind of taps out when the going gets tough. And so it'll be interesting to watch and see how he does against uh, against another tough defense. You know, uh, Jadavion Clowney didn't do that great for the – for the Texans. They did have J.J. Watt and some, some others, but to go against some more formidable uh, uh, edge rushers and blitzing defenses, it's really going to be a testament to him to see what happens this week, whether he does tap out again or not. Now, this uh, chief defense, you know, as I mentioned earlier, they looked spectacular. Uh, five, uh, was, it, was it five sacks that uh, they had? So definitely something that um, is great. You know, there's something called the power football index we'll talk about that in a minute here but uh what do you see with this uh, offense and defense well the eric fisher situation is interesting uh, eric, uh andy reed has come out twice now saying it was his decision to sit him and he he wasn't uh it wasn't fisher's choice however around the league a lot of people are asking he's been moved from right or left tackle to right tackle and it's a career-defining season in a way. So it's important that he plays well because he was the number one pick. The um, the defense and offense, it's pretty balanced in a positive way. I mean, they're in both of those categories, they're top ten. And so they, they are, are playing very well in a balanced fashion. And then the players especially, we mentioned Kels in the beginning uh, going off. But uh, Justin Houston and Derek Johnson on the defense, man, they were headliners. Houston, again, starts adding up his sack totals, and Johnson was a run-stuffing machine. So 
those are solid. I think they have some some weakness in their secondary. They have a couple of rookie cornerback and a young cornerback as well. So we'll see how that plays out against teams that actually have a quarterback can get there. That being said, uh, on Thursday, tomorrow, we'll see if Manning is a quarterback that can get the ball there or not. So uh, you were talking about the football index. You want to tell us about that? Well, yeah, a couple items before we get to that. Uh, first of all, you know, uh, they did continue the trend that uh, came from last year, still waiting for a touchdown from a wide receiver. So big question there, uh, you know, how long is this going to go? Can they break it against Denver this, uh, this week? They brought in Jeremy Macklin to really try and bolster that up, uh, but uh, they, they were unable to. They instead uh, found Kels for their, uh, their scores. So that's uh, one area to watch. Marcus Peter being the cornerback, uh, the one that you most likely were talking about, first-round draft pick out of Washington, who is starting. That uh, It's going to be interesting to see what happens going up against Peyton Manning, whether Peyton has an arm to get it there. That being said, the ESPN Power Football Index, first of all, in the regular power rankings, the Kansas City Chiefs bolted from uh, the 14th rank up to the 7th rank, so really made a big jump there. Power football index, uh, it goes with the percentage chance that the team will make the playoffs. With that week win one, they climb from 42% to 57% likelihood that they will make the playoffs, and a 24% uh, to 35% that they will win the AFC West. So that's a win against a, a, a team there in uh, in Houston that uh, that was had some expectations, really bolstered their uh, numbers when it came to the power football index for those uh, stat, uh, stat watchers out there. And, again, if you want stats, Houston was ranked the number one edge defender by Pro Football Focus. And uh, there was another AFC West member, a team member, that was .5 points behind him. It was coming up here. So let's move on to our next team and talk a little bit more about what's going on with the Chargers. Well, you know, uh, I think most notably Fluker, the uh, big stud out of Alabama who's right guard, had some issues transitioning to right guard this year, but uh, with a body that size and makes up for some of the weaknesses, he went out with a uh, ankle injury and it raised the question, Fluker has been oft injured. Uh, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. Chris Hairston replaced him uh, in the game against Detroit. However, McCoy will not uh, uh, say who is going to be the replacement, but uh, you could say that McCoy is just being coy. (laughs) What about Jaleel Adai? Any news on him? You know, I haven't heard anything new. I I, uh, do know that uh, he was in that walking boot, but uh, I haven't seen anything on that. Uh, You know, the, uh, the, the offensive line there with Fluker, though, was instrumental, you could say, in the strong uh, offensive output that the Chargers had. Who was impressive and who uh, stood out to you? Well, uh, I would say Keenan Allen with his 15 receptions for, I believe, over 150 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon, we had asked, can he run? Is this Wisconsin thing a hex? Do they wear their backs out? Uh, man, he had one play in the first half that was pretty incredible. He was welcomed to the NFL with a 
crushing blow in the backfield on his first carry. And after that, later on, he cracked off a run of about 20 yards where he he was called down because he took the ball and his forearm touched the ground. But uh, he did a couple spins, and if it wasn't for the, the forearm touching the ground, he would have broken that for a 20-yard-plus touchdown run, and it was very impressive. So I thought it was very interesting, and um, uh, Woodhead was a nice compliment. They did a lot of screens in that game. And, by the way, the average toss for Phillip Rivers was four yards or less. And so he had the highest quarterback rating, I want to say, in week one. But part of the reason was because he was throwing short passes. Now, uh, if it works, it works, and it worked. So uh, we can't say that, it, that that's how he always plays, but that's how they decided to attack, to attack Detroit, and it was effective. You know, um, when we look at their defense, that was a big area that they wanted to improve. They, they're in the top 10 for defense. I believe they're number 10 ranked defense in the NFL right now after game one. And their offense, they're kind of a middle of the pack around 15 or so for the offense. Nothing stunning, but it was very effective against Detroit. I heard they signed somebody, an offensive tackle. Do you know anything about that, Darren? Well, you know, the uh, Chargers signed offensive tackle Kenny Wiggins, a big old corn fed boy, uh, six foot eight, or I'm sorry, six foot six, 314 pounds out of Fresno State. Uh, he's a fifth year undrafted free agent. He did appear one game for the Chargers last season. Uh, so, you know, he does provide a little bit of depth there while Fluker's out. It'll be interesting to see how much playing time he gets. Uh, that could uh, be part of the uh, coyness from. Mike McCoy. <laughs> All right. So probably bolstering that uh, offensive line a little bit temporarily, just in case anything else happens. Um, what is, I guess that brings us to Denver. What's going on with Denver? Well, you know, I guess the, uh, the question that uh, everyone's asking is where is the offense? Uh, my question though is, are Denver fans just a little too spoiled after two big, uh, big seasons or three big seasons of success with Peyton Manning rewriting these record books? Uh, you know, is this something that uh, was, was to be expected? A lot of people were saying that uh, Denver would score around 20 points per game and expect some of these uh, 20 to to 10 wins, 17 to 14 wins. So is this just part of that transition to a new offense? Or, as many uh, people in the national media are questioning, is Peyton Manning's arm dead? Well, I didn't see any evidence that his arm was dead. I saw some missed throws. I know there was a long ball. He didn't underthrow it. He actually overthrew it slightly. I think part of it is the offensive line giving him time to throw that ball. He's hurrying it. And uh, if he would just hold on for a little longer, he'd probably have better accuracy. And then there was the bootleg where he rolled out to the left and uh, he squared up, but he did not plant his feet. And he missed a wide open Demarius Thomas, who probably would have taken it in for a touchdown. And those are huge plays. So that's got to get cleaned up. The question is, can you clean it up in three days as you get ready for a short week? And nobody knows. I think every week what I would look for for the Broncos, if they're really going to win the division and going to go, go deep in the playoffs, is I'd want to see that offense improve. 
On the flip side, well, I did find, well, before we get to the flip side, I did find the offense. It's uh, apparently at the grocery store. Coke Zero has it printed right on the bottle. So I think we'll buy a couple bottles and send them to Denver, and hopefully away they go. Um, On the flip (laughs) side, though, I I think that everybody knew the defense would be good, but how good was it, Darren? Well, you know, uh, uh, Tlaib was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, Vaughn Miller was uh, a stud. The big surprise to some people was DeMarcus Ware. He had the best game that he's had since the 90s when his head coach, or I'm sorry, not 90s, since uh, uh, earlier in 2000 when his head coach was Wade Phillips. Has Wade uh, and, and DeMarcus Ware, has that revitalized DeMarcus's career? That's something that I want to watch. Is DeMarcus going to get enough rest? I think they will be able to now with Shane Ray and uh, Shaq Verrett being able to both uh, spell DeMarcus and give him some rest. Yeah, I mean, he blew up, and the, the Broncos' defense is the h- highest-rated defense in the NFL right now. They're playing incredible. Vaughn Miller was that other player in the AFC West that was on the top list of edge defenders, and he was only .5 points behind um, uh, Justin Houston. Uh, the the problem was, as we mentioned, the def- the offense is a bottom five offense right now, and and that begs the question of what are they going to do? Now, real quickly, injury-wise, pretty good, but uh, Brandon Marshall did reveal that he had had a, one of the screws in his surgically replay, uh, repaired foot uh, break, and he's going to try and play through the pain or discomfort uh, because it would be a two-month rehab after surgery. So we'll see what's going on there. It's really important that he stays healthy. What are the chances that Broncos make the playoffs and win the AFC West, Darren? Well, we'll talk about that after this short break. We'll come back with our picks. Join us for the after show here live on the AFC West show. We'll be right back. the AFC West show, the After Hours segment. We uh, have some picks still to come. We also have the uh, question that was asked, what, uh, when looking at the numbers, what is the chances that the Broncos make the playoffs? After their win against Baltimore, who is a, uh, it was a great uh, uh, win going into the game, most people did consider Baltimore to be a playoff team. Uh, they actually now have a 64.5% chance to make the playoffs, 44.9% chance that they will win the AFC West. Now, going into week four, power rankings, they moved up from number five to number four. San Diego moved up to number 10. So you have three AFC West teams in the top 10 of the power rankings. Well, and that's impressive. It is. We knew it would kind of be a tough fight two years ago. There were three AFC West teams that made it. That, that was a rarity 
Um, but this year, we it wouldn't surprise me if we get two of them. So, uh, again, uh, it really boils down to can Denver get their offense going because their defense sure looks stout. And um, of the of the four teams in the AFC West, Denver certainly played the toughest team of any of the other teams in the division. Uh, Detroit, good, but doesn't rise to the level of Baltimore. Baltimore was expected to be a – uh, heavy contender for deep in the playoffs. And uh, the um, the Bengals are a good team, but I don't think anybody would have said they were better than Baltimore. So I'd have to say that that's one of the telling signs of the matchups early on. I guess it's about that time to get to the games this week, Darren. You want to start talking about those? Sounds like a good uh, good as time as any. We've got uh, starting the week off tomorrow. I know where I'll be at this time. We should have a lot of questions answered, actually. The Denver Broncos left today, and uh, really it's one of those games I wish was not even being played. I think it's a disservice to both teams. Uh, you know, I will say that the Kansas City Chiefs, they have a little bit of a better deal. They played a morning game and uh, don't have to travel. It uh, was, as you said, a game they were able to rest their players in the second half. Denver was in a slugfest down to the uh, down to the wire, and then uh, an evening game or afternoon game, then they have to get on a plane. Yeah, it's only a one-hour flight to Kansas City. But all that being said, uh, to me, it's definitely going to be a real tough game. Their streak of... Uh, of uh, all these uh, six years, I guess it would be, uh, of, uh, of not losing or, or six games of not losing uh, on the road to an AFC uh, division team. Uh, with that, that I believe is going to come to an end for the Denver Broncos. I think that uh, all being said, Jamal Charles being able to run the ball and the tight end, Travis Kelf, the wide receivers, I, I'm not going to say they're going to score a touchdown, but I do think that they, uh, if they stay with a slugfest game, able to slow down that Denver pass rush a little bit, I will say that the Kansas City Chiefs will end up uh, winning this game by about two points. All right, I'm going to go against you. I don't see it that way. I know it's a short week. I don't care about it. You got what you got. You play what you play. That defense that Denver has is the best in the NFL. I'm going to count on them. Now, whether the offense can show up, I don't know, and we'll find out tomorrow. I'm going to say that Denver by three, I just don't think that Kansas City is going to get much offense going. So if they do, good for them, and they win the game. I'm not going to go into all the stats of how many games it's been since Kansas City has beaten Denver at home, et cetera. Um, I just, I'm just i going to bank on Denver's defense there. I'm going to put my neck out on the line Denver by three. Let's move on to San Diego at Cincinnati. And uh, I'm going to go with, uh, on this one, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. And it's, it's a tough call because Cincinnati played Oakland, who wasn't a great team last week, and we'll find out what's going on. But I just think that there are a lot of weapons there. And then traveling back to Cincinnati, the time change and everything, playing that game, I think it's going to cause problems for, for San Diego. So I, I do think that uh, San Diego could put up a valiant fight or should and uh, it should be a close game, but I still see Cincinnati by three. You know, I uh, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I do think that uh, uh, it's a very even game. Both teams are averaging 33 points per game this season. 
Uh, San Diego, though, is allowed 28. Uh, the Cincinnati team is only allowed 13. That, to me, uh, says something also. Uh, you know, defensive-wise, the, the Bengals have, have played uh, better uh, defense overall, granted against an easier team, some might say. With that, though, I do pick Cincinnati also by three once again, citing as you did that uh, travel to the East Coast. That brings us to our final game, which is going to be the uh, Oakland Raiders. Uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens have to travel all the way across country to play a, uh, a uh, Jack Del Rio-led Oakland Raider team. Uh, Oakland getting no love from the, from the uh, betting people. Uh, right now, uh, it was a mine. It was a, a seven-point uh, favorite, being or six-point by Baltimore. Now up to seven points just by the end of today. Uh, you know, I don't really see any way that uh, that uh, this game goes to the Raiders. I think that it'll be a typical uh, Raider blow-up, 0-2 start, and I say Baltimore by ten. Justin Forsett running all over over this, and uh, then also I do think that uh, you'll see some. Uh, the reemergence of Steve Smith and the Baltimore offense. Yeah, you know, I think the easy thing would be to say Baltimore goes out and blows them out, and it could happen that way. I, I guess I'm going to hinge, put a couple things there to, to hinge my thoughts on. Number one, this is the second week in a row that Baltimore has to travel, and I think that starts to wear on you a little bit. It, um, it's not like they're playing Denver so I, I don't give any chance to Oakland to win this game. I mean, it certainly could happen, but it would be, in my mind, quite a fantastic feat. Um, it really depends on who ends up playing quarterback and, and what happens. I, I'm going to say Baltimore wins by eight. Maybe they don't get as, as uh, large of a win, a couple of things that travel, and then also losing um, Terrell Suggs there. I think that causes them some problems. It might give Murray a chance to run a little bit. We'll see. Uh, again, it would probably be pretty easy for me to put a huge number out there and say, hey, Oakland wins e- – or, uh, I'm sorry, Baltimore wins easily. But I'm going to be a little more conservative and say eight. Well, there you have it. You've got our picks. You've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Send your messages and notes at AFC West Show. Address them to Daryl, and he will uh, take all the – all the complaints and uh, issues that you might have. Uh, he'll be happy to banter back with you as well. So hit us up on Twitter at AFC West show. Give us a call 646-668-8837 next week and tell us what we were wrong, what we were right with. We want to hear from you. So Daryl, I'm looking forward to a great football week starting tomorrow. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, It should be an exciting week overall. Some great games out there, including Seattle and uh, Green Bay, uh, to kind of bookend, starting with Denver and Kansas City, bookending with Seattle and Green Bay on Sunday night. Looking forward to it. That's right. I'm looking forward to to it, too. And uh, we'll start the weekend tomorrow and get that football rolling. So, everybody, thank you for all your support, questions, and comments. And we'll look forward to talking with you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. And, of course, stay safe. Have a great weekend. Off to put the ribs in the slow cooker. Mm-hmm.